true values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. This is the greatest music video ever, right? I mean, this is this is it, right? It's got to be it. It changed the culture, changed everything. You know, Madonna's body of work, I think, changed a lot in the 80s for music, especially for girls in fashion. But nothing changed music and music videos like this video. One video by Michael Jackson. Yeah, is it 40 years? <laughs> this year, why would you tell me that? <laughs> now I want to jump out a window. 40 years ago. Um... So let's walk. I'm going to talk about Donald Trump, but a little history lesson. There used to be these places called malls where people actually went and walked around. And there used to be stores that only sold electronics like TVs. And there would be TVs playing in the window. And nobody ever walked past the television store and saw this video playing and didn't stop and watch it. There would be 10 or 15 people, no sound, just watching through the glass. That's how crazy people were for this video when it came out. Anyway... Sorry about the walk down memory lane. Uh, Former President Trump yesterday indicted on 34 felony charges. And so there are many people that think this is nothing but a political hatchet job. There are others that believe that um, the fact that any politician, but especially a former president – That's been charged with 34 felonies is enough to disallow them from ever being in political office again. Um, Of course, one of those camps loves this president without um, exception, and the other camp hates him without exception. And – I will tell you that uh, I think that when I, I talked to you know Barry Markson joined us. Barry Markson is a host here. He's also a lawyer in town. Markson has been very critical of Trump. And so so has Jeb Bush and so has John Bolton. There have been some very prominent people that have some of them Republicans, some of them not, uh, that have been very critical of the former president coming out and saying these charges are weak. Uh, John Bolton said he thinks a lot of them will be dismissed. Um, Barry Markson talked about them being a felony when they were a class. He charged them as a class E misdemeanor, um, which is the lowest level, barely a, a felony that there is. And so should these have been misdemeanor charges? Matter of fact, I'll let you hear this. I'll start there this morning on the show. Barry Markson talked about what a class E felony is in New York. It's a crime and, a, and, and all crimes should be prosecuted. But I think we should put in perspective even the felonies that have been alleged are what they call in New York class E felonies it's the they're the weakest or the lightest of all felony charges so again uh, the politics of this I talked earlier about world leaders and what they're saying and it's fascinating the president of El Salvador said the US can never lecture the world about banana republics ever again that you know anytime you want to talk about he said if this happened in El Salvador where a political opponent was jailed you'd be talking about us being a banana republic and here you have it in your country. Um, and it's hard to argue, it's hard to argue against that. When you, when you despise this president or anybody, and when you despise somebody, you want to see them. I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. Um, when you look at John Gotti, John Gotti was known as the Teflon Don because they could never get charges to stick on this guy. Most of New York and the country that pays attention to things like that thought he was, knew he was a prominent member of the Gambino crime family. He was the head of that crime family. 
and had risen up through the ranks and was a gangster. He was a mafioso. That's what they believed he was. And there were a bunch of times that the government would try to convict him, and he would he would get off on the charges, and his neighborhood would celebrate. He'd get out of his car a hero in the neighborhood. And there are many people that look exactly like that at this. That Donald Trump is someone that is a horrible human being, guilty of multiple crimes, that slips through the fingers of justice, and then he goes back to his neighborhood with the small number of people that love him, no matter what good or bad he does, and they celebrate the fact that they didn't catch him. There are people that believe that to be true. There are also other people that believe that whether you like him or not, using the legal system to go after him is the wrong thing to do. So – this is where Markson talked about overcharging defendants because, as you said, should this have been charged as felonies? Should they have been charged as misdemeanors? misdemeanors? Here's what Markson said. The normal criminal stuff where the prosecutors will charge all sorts of stuff, they kind of, you know, you can call it overcharging with the plan of, well, he'll just plead guilty to one small felony or to one misdemeanor and it goes away. And that, you know, we know that happens all the time. He talked about uh, Trump saying not going to do that. Why would why would Trump, go, especially running for office, even plead guilty to one charge. This is going to go on for an extended period of time. But the other part of this, as I look at it, is you look at the history of what's happened to Donald Trump. Go back to candidate Trump. Go back to the dossier. The dossier, if you're not familiar with what that dossier was, was a compilation of misdeeds by Donald Trump and accusations. It was paid for, at least in the end, it was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign, but it became accusations of illegality against him. There was an investigation, the Mueller investigation, about collusion with the Russians. The Mueller investigation found nothing. He, the Mueller investigation said not only did anybody, did no one from the Trump campaign collude with Russians to rig the election, we couldn't find any American that had colluded with the Russians to rig the election, but it didn't end there. Then Trump wins the election. He becomes the president of the United States, and Nancy Pelosi, as Speaker of the House, uses two major committees in the House of Representatives, uh, Jerry Nadler in the Judicial Committee and Adam Schiff in the Intelligence Committee. And for four years, that committee ran investigations. Adam Schiff was very public in telling people that Donald Trump was guilty of colluding with the Russians and guilty of crimes, and he had the evidence, and pretty soon the American people were going to see that evidence. It never happened. So there is a history of this for the people that are big believers in President Trump and for casual observers. You also have to factor into this for some people that don't have the emotional connection to Donald Trump or against Donald Trump. They do they do have a suspicion of government intrusion and government overreach. That is a theme in America. There are people that believe that the justice system, when it gets its, it sinks its claws into you, it's about being right, not necessarily about the truth. If we accuse you of something, we are going to save face and we're going to convict you of that crime. If we believe you're bad, we're going to show everybody that you're bad. That's not blind justice. And there is a big feeling among both political parties about that. The other thing about this that bears talking about, I think even at greater lengths, is what precedent does this set in the minds of the American people? There is a very good chance that Joe Biden will not be the president in, after 2024, that in January of 2025 that there will be a Republican inaugurated. Not a guarantee, but there is a good chance of it. 
What if a Republican president decided we are going to put in an attorney general that heads up the Department of Justice and we are going to go after what about Hunter Biden? Isn't this interesting? Hunter Biden's laptop is deemed to be true and what's on it, even if you believe there is no connection to his father, Joe Biden, what's going on in that laptop is disgusting. But here we have the former or or the president's son who is out. All of a sudden, he's found a way to be an artist and his artwork is selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Does anybody not see that as politically motivated and disgusting? Will there be prosecutions there? And if so, will they be viewed as just retribution for what's happening? America doesn't need to go down this road. America needs to go down a different path. We do a segment every day at 1120. It's called Did You Hear This? It catches you up on the major news stories of the day in case you missed them. We'll do it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Uh, crazy news week continues. Let's get you caught up. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Former President Donald Trump was arraigned on 34 felony charges yesterday in a New York City courtroom. But this doesn't have an effect on his run for the presidency. Legally speaking, this is not disqualifying. The Constitution does not bar uh, folks who are facing criminal investigation, indictment, or even conviction uh, from running for re-election. So he is still going to be eligible uh, after tonight. Are you surprised that we don't have laws about this situation? No, I'm not. Um, I guess because I think the founding fathers didn't imagine they'd need to. Um, there are, you know, there's talked about reason for impeachment, crimes and misdemeanors, of things when you are president. But I think the trust in the American voting public that they would discern whether or not this person is capable rather than just saying that they're not allowed legally is there's a difference that if the American people don't believe someone that's been either charged with crimes like this or convicted of however many, if there are any, they decide whether or not that person is still qualified. I still think it should be in the hands of the American people, and that's just the way it is. KTR host and Valley attorney Barry Markson explains how the district attorney, Valley Bra- Alvin Bragg, sees the charges against President Trump within New York's laws. He's saying that it's elected, it's linked to New York election law. And there's an obvious argument there that this is a presidential election. It's a federal election, not a state election. So there's, there's issues there that are certainly ripe for a motion to dismiss. Whether some or all of them are dismissed, we'll have to wait and see. Could this technicality lead to dismissed charges? Yeah, I think so. I think that we understand that the they use this, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's used on the, in the other direction. When a, uh, a local elector, election department, whether it's a county or a state, decides, let's say, and this has happened, that people that are not citizens of America should be able to vote, they can decide that for local elections, but not for federal elections. So there, that line has already been drawn that you can't cross. If they use it on one side, is it fair for Trump to use it on the other side? And I think they're definitely going to. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day to catch you up. 
District 8's Phoenix City Council member-elect Keisha Hodge Washington talked with you today about her major issue she wants to focus on after she is sworn into the council. Attainable housing for our workforce, you know, our everyday members of society, and economic development. Um, some parts of my district have very um, sobering statistics, and I want to help change that. How do you ensure all areas of Phoenix succeed? I don't know how you can ensure that all areas succeed, but I want to say something specifically about that conversation. I don't know her, and I don't know much about her, and that's why I love that conversation, because I wasn't going in with any predisposed ideas when she answered questions. She sounds like a very smart woman. She's lived in a district for a long time. District 8 is where I used to live, and it's a big district. It is bounded. It's got the boundary of 48th Street, 48th Street to the east, and 59th Avenue in some sections to the west. This is a big district that has a diversity in income and all these other things. And some of the things that she talked about, I thought she was spot on. Now, I don't know whether or not I would agree with the pathway, but I will say this. When she says, I want to talk about business opportunities and the opportunity for people to buy homes, not affordable housing, but accessible housing, I thought that was a great way of putting it. And I'm anxious to see what changes she tries to bring into when she's on the council. Former Arizona Cardinals executive Terry McDonough has accused team owner Michael Bidwell of cheating in an arbitration claim he filed yesterday. ESPN's Adam Schefter explains some of the accusations. Using burner phones during the suspension of the former Cardinals general manager Steve Kahn during his suspension in which McDonough claims that Bidwell hatched a plan for all of them to communicate during Kahn's suspension. What could be the ramifications against the Cardinals if these accusations are true? I'll be honest. I don't know what the ramifications could be. Could it be a suspension of the owner? Could the owner be forced to sell? I don't think it rises to that level. Could there be draft picks taken away from the team? I will say more than anything else, I have been disappointed in the performance on the field of the Cardinals. But I've always felt bad for Mr. Bidwill. I've I've always thought the world of Michael Bidwill um, and the interactions that I've had with him, as limited as they've been, he's always been very upstanding with me. I've seen him do a lot of charity work. I know Cardinals charities work on a lot of things. But as a fan of the Arizona Cardinals, not just of the league, but of the Arizona Cardinals, I want to focus on football. I want to talk about what's good and bad on the field. I want players to want to come here and play. I want fans to go to the stadium to watch games. And I hate this distraction. And to be very, very honest, my my affinity, my my uh, I guess my respect for Michael Bidwill, I don't want to see any of this being true. I don't want to see people that I admire, not that anybody's infallible, but I don't want to see them and have this happen to him, but I am anxious to see what the truth is in all of this. All right, that's Did You Hear This for another day. Great job, Julia, as always. We'll do it again tomorrow at 1120. Um, What we are going to talk about next is the economy. We've been talking about some solutions, and this is the difference in political ideology. And the more I talk about this, the more it gets honed in for me, the more focused I am. We get so caught up in the politics of things that we don't talk about the policy of things. It is so often right versus left and you just buy in because that's what it says versus what works. And I just want to talk about what works. The job numbers, private sector job growth fell dramatically in March below expectations. Are we starting to see what people are believing now, including everything else that says we're in a recession? Are the job numbers going to say it too? That's what we'll talk about next.
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. We are all trying to make a difference in our community, and we'd love for you to join us in something called the Action Alliance. We put this together about a year ago to start impacting our community once COVID started opening things up again or post-COVID. If you want to join us in any community service project, we'll put you on the list. Just text the word ACTION to 411923. You'll be notified of upcoming projects. We'll even send you a free T-shirt. Text ACTION to 411923. Private sector job growth is down. We talked solutions earlier. Uh, This, for me, is where the ideology should be. I spend a lot of time, I have spent a lot of time, with like-minded people. And I I don't think that I did it intentionally, but I have intentionally decided that I'm going to reach outside of those circles. And this has been going on for the last few years. I have family members that disagree with me politically, philosophically, and religiously even. Um, And those conversations a lot of times are the most interesting when there's already a mutual respect because I think if we're going to try to get to a place of mutual respect for people we don't know, you got to have a starting place. You know, I have some very close friends that politically are very, very liberal. One of them was one of my closest friends growing up, and we lived in the same neighborhood, rode the same school bus, and we laughed that we breathed the same air, and we are so politically different. But I love this guy like a brother. But when it comes to the conversations, I guess maybe being result-oriented, you've got to be able to do what's called apologetics. You have to be an apologist. You have to be able to defend what you believe, not just tell them what you believe, but explain why you believe it. That doesn't mean you're going to have somebody else have an epiphany and all of a sudden say you're 100% right and I'm going to be just like you. But what it does is it makes you better at your argument and it makes you understand why you believe what you believe. How many people did you grow up with? Because I grew up with a bunch of them. I was raised Catholic, and this is nothing specific to the Catholic Church. It's just that my experience was Catholicism, that you're a Catholic because your parents are Catholics and your grandparents are Catholics. And everybody made their first communion, and everybody went to confirmation classes and got confirmed. And you have you baptize your babies, and you you know have a priest marry you, and you get last rites when it's time to die. And it, that's just how it was. But asking people why they believe in Catholicism, you'd be interested in knowing that there are a lot of people that just don't have a defense. And that doesn't mean they aren't true believers. It means they just haven't really thought about why they believe what they believe. Um, so I'm going to give you some examples with this economy. Uh, we, we know for, for the individual, and if it's happening to individuals, it's happening to business. It is much more expensive to live your life. Gas is continuing to rise. We are going to see it approach, I believe, five bucks a gallon. We're going to be talking to Gas Buddy this week, uh, Patrick DeHaan, about where they believe gas prices will land in Arizona. We are number four nationally in pricing in the Valley, which is scary. Um, But, you know, we see all of this. For the individual, it's difficult. That means for the business owner, it's difficult as well. It costs more to hire people. It costs more for material, it costs more for fuel, and it's hurting everyone. So making things more expensive on any level for any of those people seems counterproductive to me right now. Now, there are those that disagree. 
I played I've played a couple of times today the Nancy Pelosi audio where she is talking with Hillary Clinton and she's kind of flabbergasted. She just doesn't understand that there are these people that we know that are really good people that are smart and educated. It's not just dumb people. It, there's actually some smart people out there that are on the other side of our democracy because they don't want to pay more taxes. That's ludicrous to say, but, you know, this is someone that believes in the purity and the goodness of the government, and I don't. I don't believe that it's evil. I think it is a necessary evil, that by nature it's wasteful. By nature it's just not efficient. On the other hand, and I'll give you the difference philosophically, when I talk about homelessness and hunger – I talk about organizations that are private organizations that are invested in the problem, that are boots on the ground, that are efficient, and that are good at it. The government collects your money, and they throw money at the problem. There's very little oversight. Many times there's very little knowledge in how things should be done, but they are going to fix a problem. So we are going to throw a big check at homelessness. We are going to throw a big check at hunger, and we're not going to make much of an effect. So what are we going to do? We're going to say, well, you know what? That $3 million wasn't enough. We better make it five. We bet, And we're not doing anything about efficiency. Now, in the city of Phoenix, Phoenix has been partnering with uh, St. Vincent de Paul and addressing homelessness. Why? Because they did a project that was successful. And then when they saw that success, there's a big investment from the city. But St. Vincent de Paul are the experts in this. St. Mary's Food Bank. How many meals can you buy for a dollar with that private organization? That's why when I address hunger, I don't want to talk about government programs. They're necessary, maybe, WIC and all these food assistance programs, the SNAP program and everything else. But if you want to see real efficiency, real efficiency, go watch St. Mary's Food Bank or United Food Bank. Go watch one of those places, pack emergency food boxes or food bags. And the volunteers that pack them, the volunteers that deliver them, and how they're do- how it's done. And there's a time efficiency to it. There is certain, certainly a monetary efficiency to it. These are people that are directly connected to the pulse of that community. And to me, it's not a matter of whether or not we should be addressing the problem. We should. My philosophical and political difference is how. When it comes to homelessness, when it comes to the other things we face – I talked earlier, um, and I've talked a lot about this because it's something I've faced as an employee and as an employer in the construction industry. The idea right now, Phoenix just did it. Timing is horrible, and Tempe is thinking about it, doing it. Timing is horrible. The idea of prevailing wage. Cities are voluntarily making projects at the city level more expensive for them. Spending more of the taxpayer dollar to build projects, but it's going to have the ripple effect. It's going to make things more effective or more expensive for everyone. And it, to me, is just a bad idea. It sounds great. Hey, we are the city of Phoenix, and so when you do a job for us, the federal government does this too. You must, no matter where you are in the country, you're going to pay the employees that work on this building a prevailing wage. 
Here's the criteria, Mr. Contractor. Every number you give me, take, keep this in mind. Your electricians are going to make this much. Your plumbers are going to make this much. Your carpenters are going to make this much. All of these people that are specialized in this trade, when you employ someone on one of our job sites, you will pay them a minimum of this much money per hour. You've got to document it. You've got to show us that you pay it and factor it into your bid, which means that building costs a lot more money to build. Why, when the city of Phoenix and other places know it is difficult right now for the average person to keep their heads above water. When you've got a business, when you have construction companies that are having a difficult time now keeping employees – it's hard to find qualified workforce. We've, been, we've had people on from so many different Build Your Future Arizona and all these other organizations. <clears throat> we've talked with the CTEDs and EVID, and we've talked with them about how they're trying to get people prepared for the workforce because there's going to be over 200,000 jobs, construction jobs that need to be filled in the next couple of years. Why would municipalities? Because they can do it. They've got your tax dollars. It's not their money. It's your money. Why would they say, if you come to work on one of our jobs, we're going to pay you a lot more money, meaning you're going to leave the private sector companies and go to work for a company that's doing this specific city job, leaving a strained market more strained. The timing is terrible, terrible. Before we close it out, um, we're going to talk a little bit more. You're going to hear what was said by the former president and the DA and what is we are uh, kind of guess of what's going to happen next. It's all coming up here in just a few moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, the arguing over what happens next. I do not know if this uh, story can keep its legs, as they say in the industry. Can they keep? Can this story keep its legs for eight months until the next court appearance by former President Trump? I don't know that we can do this, but we do know this: that during the time that Donald Trump announced his candidacy for President of the United States through the primary process, the general election, and the four years he was in office, cable news made it. It's living off of Donald Trump. So say what you will about the facts of the case. The media loves talking about Donald Trump. The DA Alvin Bragg from New York uh, saying a couple of things. I, I want you to hear what he says. This is how New York law plays into this case. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. So the question here is, and Barry Markson talks about this, Barry Markson is a local attorney who is also an expert, in saying that this could possibly be thrown out because we're talking this is about a presidential election and that the presidential elections are federal. They're not state elections. Well, let's go to the former president himself. He says, I haven't done anything wrong. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even even hardcore Democrats say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Here's the funny part about that statement. The former president of the United States has got people that are defending not him, 
defending that he should not have been charged because it's political. And even when those people come out and make a statement in their mind, a statement of fact or a statement of support and saying these charges should not have been brought. This is purely political. The president, the former president still is casting insults. Even rhinos, that's Republican in name only. So this, those are the kinds of accusations that make me laugh because instead of being a big tent and saying we want everyone and, and, and the president has uh, – the former president has owned sports leagues and, and beauty pageants and, and, and he's been on the, that show. The Apprentice was his show and all this stuff. You want as many people out there. Imagine if you looked at business that way. Imagine if The Apprentice – imagine if the former president – viewed The Apprentice the same way he views politics. And you were a fan and you were a fino. You were a fan in name only, meaning you watch The Apprentice casually, but you really don't watch The Apprentice. You don't you don't watch it the way I think you should watch it. You don't think the way I you think it you don't think the way I do about it. Um, and we don't agree on this person should have been fired or not fired. So you say you're a fan and you may watch the show, but you're a fino. And if you're one of those, I don't want you watching my TV show. Same thing would happen in elections or ratings would happen in elections, which would be there'd be a drop off. People will walk away. I don't understand where that comes from sometimes, but I don't disagree with the president coming out and saying, I didn't do anything. If he doesn't think he's done anything, if he wants to talk to the media, let him. Um, the American people are going to have to judge whether or not he is capable and qualified to be president of the United States. And I will say this, and I know this is going to make some people angry on the other side of the aisle. Um, Name another candidate. <clears throat> if Donald Trump becomes the nominee with all of this baggage that's been being created for him and has been created for him, some of it self-induced, name another Democrat candidate that you think could not beat Donald Trump or have it even be close. All the polling shows that there's a dead heat right now between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Dead heat. There's one New York poll, a Washington poll, I don't know which one it is, but an NBC poll, I think, that has Trump up by three points. There's another poll that shows Biden up by one or two. So they're all within the margin of error right now. You've got someone that has been indicted on 34 felonies. And the other is the sitting president of the United States with the bully pulpit. And they're in a virtual tie. So the Democrats shouldn't be angry at Trump. They should be angry at their party and who you are sending up there to be elected. And I think this is going to be a question in the Democratic Party as much as the Republicans have to wrestle with who their nominee is going to be and is Trump qualified. The Democrats got a lot of work to do, too. A lot of work to do. Because Joe Biden is not the runaway favorite, and he should be. He's the sitting president of the United States, and his opponent in Donald Trump has been accused of 34 felonies, and he can't pull away. They've got work to do as well. This is interesting. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, of course. Uh, at Broomhead KTAR is my Twitter handle. That's my personal Twitter account. Um, at Broomhead Show is our show account. Please follow both. And uh, Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram, is how you can find me. Hope you'll join me for part of your day tomorrow. I'll be back just a little bit after 8. Until then, have a great day, everyone. God bless.